Hello everyone and welcome to episode 2 of Extreme Revisited here at the Indie Corner. I am your host Doug Bag, and welcome, hope everyone's having a lovely week and I'm really excited to delve right back in to the world of ECW. So if you didn't see, last, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we're looking at the compilation DVDs that ECW released between the years 2000-2001 because I'm a newer fan to ECW, so these compilation DVDs are a really good place to get a massive mix of all the different matches and types of matches and styles that ECW had to offer um, towards their end. They released the DVD towards the end of their um, history as a promotion, so it's a great look back uh, at some of these matches. And so this week we'll be looking at the second DVD that ECW released, which is ECW Path of Destruction DVD, which was released on the 14th of November of the year 2000. So anyone keeping track at home, you can either find these DVDs on Amazon, etc., or you can look individually per matches and you will be able to find them on the internet at various places. Um, so yeah, let's dive right into ECW Path of Destruction DVD. So we go straight to our host who is obviously the voice of ECW, one of the best commentators in the history of wrestling in my opinion, Joy Styles. Joy Styles welcomes us to the DVD, lets us know that this is the best of ECW, the best matches, the best types of matches he, they've chosen for this DVD. And again, we go to the first bracket of matches because there'll be three different types of brackets for matches and this first bracket, like last week, like the last DVD, is indeed title matches. So. This first title match is for the ECW World Television Championship, a title that I, we talked about last week when we saw Rob Van Dam, the champion at the time, uh, defending against Jerry Lynn. Um, so, like last week, I thought I'd do a little factoid that I learned as I dove into the history of ECW. And this week, I learned who was the first ever ECW television champion. So, I'll just give you a little time to shout it out again, show off. Uh, and so it was indeed, it was a live event, this wasn't televised, the first ever television champion that was not televised was Johnny Hot Body. Um, I guess his body was too hot for TV, some would say. Um, I've never heard of Johnny Hot Body. I don't see him pop up again, but Johnny Hot Body, well done, well done, you got the first ever TV championship. But again, it was a kind of a trick question because that was when it was still the NWA, ECW, uh, Eastern Championship Wrestling, not Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, and then it's kind of hard to pin down exactly, unlike the World Championship where they did a whole ceremony, when it became the Extreme Championship, World Television Championship. Um, but I would say it's either between Terry Funk uh, or Two, School, Two Cold Scorpio. I can't tell which one. One was in 1993, and then Too Cold was in 1994. So it's, it depends on the different dates saying when it became the World Television Championship. But yeah, that was a trick question. But the real answer, yeah, was Johnny Hotbody. If someone got out there, please hit me up because that one was a pretty hard one to guess, I assume.
So our first matchup, like I said, is a World Television Championship match and it was at Heatwave 1997 and Joey Styles lets us know that this is the first ever Four Corners match, which if you don't know what a Four Corners match it is, a fatal four-way where uh, eliminations are there. So instead of one pinfall to a finish, it is indeed uh, each man is eliminated with a pinfall till there was only one man left. And one of the reasons it's called Four Corners match, as, as you'll see in the match, is that men tag in and out instead of it being a fatal four-way battle royale with all four men in the ring. So the participants to this match are the champion Chris Jericho, also known just from his uh, stint in Japan as Lionheart, defending against Two Cold Scorpio, Shane Douglas and Pitbull number two. So Pitbull and Shane Douglas at this point had been in a rivalry. Um, Pitbull comes out with Francine. Yes, if you'd watch the DVD from last week, there's something about to go on here. So he comes out with Francine Pitbull, has got his girlfriend Francine, uh, and Shane, Dum Shane Douglas straight away takes him out with a chair. Um, and Jericho and Tuco start, Scorpio start off in the ring. Um, there's some great exchanges between the two. There's some beautiful submissions. Joey Styles says, tied up like a pretzel. Um, and Shane Douglas is doing a very clever thing within this match where he is tagging in at the exact right times when when Chris Jericho is just beaten down a little bit by Two Cold Scorpio. D Douglas tags himself in to capitalise and get some exchanges in. Uh, Jericho, at this point, had just come off his stint in Japan and like I say, there is some great transitions, some great um, arm work and springboard work. Um, Pitbull then tags himself in and Shane Douglas runs straight to the corner not wanting to have anything to do with Pitbull number two. So Scorpio then, Tuco Scorpio starts to beat down Pitbull uh, and Douglas again keeps on coming in and out just to enjoy uh, beating down Pitbull when he can and as soon as Pitbull starts to get some momentum back Douglas tags himself out. Um, Pitbull had been cut up straight from that chair shot at the beginning so he's starting to bleed quite heavily as well um, but seems to be holding on there um, Pitbull and Douglas start to brawl on the outside finally as Pitbull has enough of Douglas's um, mess, uh, messing with him and then Scorpio and Lionheart Chris Jericho dive on the two other men and the crowd start to go crazy um, As so then Pitbull and Shane Douglas the franchise start brawling to the outside um, everyone else starts brawling, brawling and then Jericho and Scorpio come back in uh, Jericho goes for a line salt but is caught by a drop kick um, so Adam Cole ricocheted clearly we're watching there at ECW because that was a beautiful catch on the moonsault Shane Douglas distracts Chris Jericho he get, turns around and gets hit with a tombstone power driver by Tuco Scorpio and then a tumbleweed leg drop Jericho is eliminated at 27 minutes so so far this match has already gone 27 minutes and Jericho the champion is the first eliminated so there will be indeed a new champion by this end of this match um, Shane Douglas comes in and asks Tuco Scorpio hey let's let's join in let's me and you team up against the big pit bull Scorpio decides not to and kicks Shane Douglas in the gut um, Scorpio goes on fire and hits both men goes for pit bull as well tries to do a moonsault on both men but they both roll out of the way so then Shane Douglas helps Pitbull to do a power bomb from the second rope onto Scorpio, eliminating him four minutes later at 31 minutes. So there's two men left, it's Pitbull number two and Shane Douglas, and these guys do not like each other. They brawl and grab chairs. There's a massive power bomb onto two set up, set up chairs on by Pitbull. And then Shane Douglas, as he's getting up, grabs Francine and forces himself upon her, kissing her. Uh, and at this point, 
the ref also gets taken down by a miss splash. So uh, Pitbull is going to lift Shane Douglas up for a big body press, but then Francine throws powder into Pitbull's eyes. Broken hearts all over the arena. We're getting flashbacks to some breakups possibly in the arena as everyone starts to boo. And she adds a slap to good measure. It is not a nice breakup here. And she takes off her skirt to reveal franchise branded underwear. She's got the franchise underwear. Is that available at Pro Wrestling Tees? I hope so. Um, and so Pitbull number one comes out to support his friend who has probably got a broken heart and probably needs some therapy to get over such a bad breakup. Um, and Rose is before hose, as the expression goes, because Pitbull then, number one, grabs Francine. The Pitbull set up a table, and yes, this is ECW, guys. Francine gets put through a table with a second rope powerbomb by Pitbull number two. I guess maybe he doesn't need that therapy. Maybe that was enough. Um, so then, in this all this madness with the broken chairs, Douglas hits Pitbull with the title, with a piece of a table, with brass knucks. Uh, then a chain wrapped around his fist and Pitbull still keeps on kicking out. Pitbull starts to slowly get up, goes for a spin kick, it misses, belly to belly by Shane Douglas and Shane Douglas gets the three, winning the TV championship, beating Pitbull number two at 39 minutes and 46 min uh, 46 seconds. Sorry. So yeah, that was, uh, as you can see, 40 minutes. So four guys and I thought it was great that it went that long. It, it, this match felt very monumental. Uh, being the first four corners match you you can tell that they really all men had something to prove in this match and wanted to make this match epic and it was indeed uh, you've got everything you need in this match there's some great athleticism by two cold Scorpio and Chris Jericho there's some nasty weapons used by Shane Douglas and Pitbull and Shane Douglas is the most the biggest asshole there is in this match I'm not usually a fan of Shane Douglas from what I've seen so far um, up before this point, I wasn't the biggest fan of him in ring-wise, but in this match, my god was he an asshole, my god was it so great to hate him uh, and yeah, you might be looking at this match going, it's it's long, 40 minutes is long, and you might be disappointed that Jericho got eliminated first and, uh, and Scorpio second, and you might be like oh, Pitbull number two and, and Shane Douglas is the final two but it absolutely worked this, this match built, built and built, and you felt such an energy wanting Pitbull to beat Shane Douglas and then of course the breakup breaks it all and the table the table power bomb the crows went crazy for it so uh, everyone was furious that Shane Douglas was champion but I really enjoyed it I thought this was a great fatal four-way a great four corners match really good stuff if you've got if you want to see a really good fatal four-way elimination match this is one to check out. Uh, I did not think it was going to go as long and I did not think I was going to be as invested for those 440 minutes. So really well done. This is an awesome match. So we cut back to Joey Styles explains that we're going to see a TV championship defence from the TV champion at the time, Bam Bam Bigelow, who had won it off uh, Taz at Living Dangerously. So the he lets us know, this is really good for context and really puts you in the match, he lets us know that 
a, couple, a few couple of weeks later, we'll be seeing uh, Sabu v Bam Bam Bigelow for the title. Um, but Bill Alfonso, our favorite favorite whistling band, Bill Alfonso, what a great manager with his whistle, had decided that RVD would take on Bam Bam first. So it's an ECW World Television Championship defense by Bam Bam Bigelow defending against the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam. And it takes place in April the 4th, 1998 on Hardcore TV. So just a quick we note, the referee for this match is Jim Molino. Uh, and really interestingly, here at the Indie Corner in the archives, you can find a two-part interview with Jim Molino going through the history of ECW from the years 1995 onwards. And he pops up in this DVD a lot and so and all the insight he he does in the interview is really interesting it's not just an interview about him as a referee but it covers a lot of the stories of ECW a lot of the the wrestlers and you hear some inside stuff from Jim Molino the referee at ECW so definitely go and check that out at the archives here at Indie Corner really good job by Stu doing that interview so yeah, uh, Bam Bam is introduced in this match as the Taz killer because like I said, he had just beaten uh, Taz which is a very much a feat of nature to be able to beat the Tasmaniac. Um, and, and this match, as you can imagine from imagining the two men, Bam Bam Bigelow and Rob Van Dam, is very much a match of power v speed. Um, Bam Bam Bigelow gets the offense quickly on Rob Van Dam and Rob Van Dam is quick to move to the outside and Bill Alfonso is faster than Usain Bolt at trash talking saying that he probably thought that Bam Bam was going to get bought by Vince quickly so what's the point? What a line there and uh, I thought Bill Alfonso in this match and in all, every time I appear he really steals uh, the show with just a non-stop energy so I thought I had to talk about his trash talking because it was rather phenomenal in this match. Um, so RVD then moves into the ring and he moving so fast at this point in his career like I said last week he is the speed of Rob Van Dam and the agility of Rob Van Dam at this time is incredible to watch. He hits a crossbody from one corner, runs to the other corner and hits a drop kick from the other. Looks like no problem for him. And this is a different arena, this is an ECW tour at this point and uh, it's not a criticism, it's just a very different atmosphere to the usual ECW arena. The crowd are very less bloodthirsty, uh, let's just say it that way, uh, and it's interesting to see what a different crowd does uh, to an ECW match. Um, brawling in the crowd and RVD was using the guardrail to his advantage until he gets thrown right into the crowd, um, but then RVD manages to get back in the ring do a massive dive outside. There's a power bomb onto a table that is then uh, powerbombed by Bam Bam onto, uh, onto the table and then hits a big elbow to put RVD through it. Bam Bam gets him back into the ring, does a Bam Salt, but it misses. Um, there's a five-star frog splash by Rob Van Dam, but Bam Bam kicks out. And then Art Molino, Jim Molino, the referee, gets knocked out and Sabu runs for the ring. And we get a double team between with Sabu and Rob Van Dam beating down Bam, Bam Bigelow and then a Van Daminator with a chair Jim Molino slowly, slowly gets up one, two, three new champion Rob Van Dam at 15 minutes 43 I so because of the introduction to the match I I did not expect a title change that was one of the greatest things about Joey Styles introduction explaining that this, this is a Sabu match uh, coming up so I thought Bam Bam might be able to retain to face Sabu but no out of nowhere, Rob Van Dam, thanks to the interference by Sabu, gets the TV title. So that was a really interesting surprise. I, I didn't expect it, and it's great to have some unexpected surprises. Um, and this was the start of the Rob Van Dam title reign that I talked about last week, where he went for a significant amount of time being undefeated. So it was here 
that this television start title run started. Um, so Rob Van Dam is just going to get bigger and better here at ECW. The match had some really good interactions. I thought this, the, the, the the difference in styles between the two guys meshed really well. It was a bit a bit of a shame I didn't see more of Bam Bam doing some offense, um, but that that happens. Uh, and I was really surprised that Rob Van Dam got the win. So that made uh, made it exciting. I think the, the reason they included it in the DVD was the moment was probably bigger than the match. And it was a very good historic reference to know when Rob Van Dam won the TV title. So for a moment, really, really good. The match, not extremely exciting, but like I say, very cool to see the start of this big television title run by Rob Van Dam. Here we go, we're into the second bracket of matches and that bracket is of course hardcore matches. Yikes. Uh, so we go back to Joey Styles and he introduces us both to Sandman and Sabu and explains that this is a stairway to hell match which is a ladder that leads to barbed wire that then you can use in the matchup. So yes, the match is Sandman v Sabu and a stairway to heaven match. So this match starts off at such a pace, um, there's brawling, Sabu quickly dives on the Sandman getting a ladder and using it to do an Arabian leg drop right onto his face as he's lying on a ladder. They brawl to the outside, Sabu sets up a table um, on the outside in the arena where there's a little stage and dives straight off, no extreme posing or anything, just dives straight off onto a massive leg drop onto the Sandman. Um, they brawl slowly back to the ring and like I say, Bill Alfonso just always stealing the attention and always doing something as because as they get back to the ring, he set up about six tables all around the ring. So he clearly wants to see Sandman go through some tables. Um, I think Devon should maybe take a step back and Bill Alfonso should get in there as Team 3D. Alfonso, get the tables. Uh, so then Sabu dives onto... Uh, Sandman and he drops quite quickly down after he dives and ECW fans who have seen this match will know exactly what happens at this point as he dropped uh, Sabu's jaw is dislocated and it, you can see it straight away there is blood uh, his jaw is moving in all the wrong ways um, but he continues the match that uh, that was hell of surprising to me and it's really hard to watch from this this point on as his jaw is indeed uh, dislocated or broken. Um, Sabu then grabs scissors and uh, and starts to stab Sandman with the scissors. Sabu scissor hands, as I like to call him because he seems very, very acquainted with the scissors. Um, Joey Styles at this point says this is one of the hardest matches to watch. Thanks Joey for um, keeping me keeping me uh, on board on this because I completely agree with you but yet we're still watching um, Alfonso at this point and this is how bad the jaw is gets wraps some tape around Sabu's jaw to hold it together so he can keep going with this match uh, Sandman then wraps his own head with a crown of barbed wire 
Um, so yeah, he is your local Jesus with the crown of barbed wire, I guess. Uh, and then smacks Sabu with a massive cane shot to the head and pins him for the win at 1746. Notably also that was the first pinfall of the match, was the pin to win. Um, so, this was indeed a war. This match was uh, very hardcore and very violent. And I kind of have to separate these, this match, my feelings, into two parts. Uh, because comparing it to the last Sandman match I watched, which was the Sandman-Raven match, the barbed wire match, I really enjoyed the first part of this match a hell of a lot more. It was indeed hard to watch, but there was such an intensity and such a disregard for entertaining the fans. There was no posing, there was no um, taking time, it was just move, chair shots, weapons, and the intensity between the two guys was really felt, and so the brawling was extremely intense and fast, and so I really enjoyed it. It felt like both men wanted to maim each other, which is what you want in a hardcore match. Just so the second part of the match is indeed from the moment that Sabu's jaw uh, gets bust or whatever happens to it, 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 it is really hard to watch. Like the, He keeps on going, he's a very brave man and we all know that Sabu can take pain, but you can tell that every move he does, he does a moonsault at one point and, and he, he, even, even though he's landing on Sandman, it hurts him because of his jaw and because of the movement that he's doing it is it is extremely hard to watch um, for that reason so yeah I, I found it very hard to keep engaged in the match from that point because I was just worried about Sabu even though we know Sabu is still going today uh, so yeah he, he can handle but it was very hard to watch um, but I was surprised how much I enjoyed that first part of the match like I said this match is really fun uh, not for the faint of hearted, but yet a very good hardcore match if you want to ease your way into these more extreme matches here at ECW. So we cut back to Joey Styles explaining the history of the Rottens, that is Ian Rotten and Axel Rotten. So they were first a tag team and they came very close to winning the ECW tag team belts against the Eliminators, but they were forced to disband if they didn't win and they did not win that match. And so after that match they started to blame each other for who was at fault for losing that match and as a result they entered into an extreme blood feud. Um, wanting to maim each other. So this specific match, as Joey Styles explains, is a Taipei death match. So he explains to us that that is when the two opponents face, uh, facing each other dip their fists in glue and then into broken glass. So their fists are indeed covered in broken glass. He also lets us know that this was the first and only Taipei death match at ECW. So I'm already sweating before this match has even begun and Please don't watch this with any of your parents. I don't think it's for them. So here we go, a Taipei death match. Ian Rotten vs Axel Rotten at Hardcore Heaven on the 1st of July 1995. So Todd Gordon's in the ring and he introduces the referee at this point, Bill Alfonso. So Bill Alfonso was a ref at this point before he turned into a manager. Where's your whistle, Bill? He's got the wee referee t-shirt. He's not whistling yet. He's not a marching band just as of yet. Um, so both men come out, Ian Rotten is wearing a Union Jack on his knee, that's a reference obviously to Ian Rotten, the singer. 
I kind of, at some points, as you'll hear, uh, just focused on that Union Jack um, because there was other things that I didn't want to look at. Um, so the match begins and it's very much a boxing style because obviously these fists are lethal weapons and Axel manages to land the first punch on Eaton which already cuts him above the eye. So Alfonso at this point, after that first punch, decides to stop the match because Ian's not able to see because of the blood. Um, thank you, Bill Alfonso. You've now become my hero. Thank you for stopping it. But just as he stops it, the gangsters and public enemy appear from the crowd and start brawling. And Alfonso gets distracted, has to grab security, and takes the security and the gangsters and public enemy out. But also Alfonso also leaves the building. So uh, Todd Gordon comes back into the match and says, since Alfonso has left, we can restart the match. I thought I was saved. I thought I was saved. But no, this match is going on. Um, and Jim Molyneux, like I said earlier, uh, the ref appears a lot of points, runs into the ring, and the match is restarted. Um, so there's a lot of punches and chops um, that are busting these guys wide open. Um, Ian, at one point, removes the glass from his fist and just starts digging the glass into Axel's head. Again, Joey Styles says this, this is hard to watch. Then why are we doing it, Joey? If it's hard to watch, why are we doing it? Um, so they keep on uh, brawling onto the outside, still using these horrible fists. There's a low blow at one point by Ian, yes, with glass fists, and then he just punches his brother again right between the legs. Lovely. Um, glass more into the head. Uh, then Ian gets thumbtacks. He goes for a pile driver, but Axel is able to hit the back body drop on uh, on Ian, so he falls into the tacks, and then Axel runs to the ropes, big splash uh, as uh, Ian's on the tacks. For the one, two, three, it was over in nine minutes and 15 seconds. Uh, this match felt like 20 minutes because of the uncomfortableness. Uh, this is definitely a historic match, as Joey Styles explains. It's the one and only type of death match. So I would say if you are brave enough, if, if you're not put off by the, the, some of the things I explained in the match that happened, some of the offense, uh, go and check it out. For me, however, this match felt like a, ball, a bar brawl between two guys at a bar, but instead of fists, it was glass. Um, so it was kind of like a old-school 80s match uh, with a lot of, of, of punching and kicks, but with a whole lot more blood involved. Um, so yeah, the, the, it was just hard to watch for me, for, who's not into um, just blood and blood for the sake of more blood. Uh, I found it very hard to watch. Um, I wish these guys could hug it out for all the brothers out there, um, but, but sadly not. They just bleed and bleed in the ring. And so, yeah, we cut back to Joey Styles because there's no highlights for this match. Am I surprised? Not really. So we're on to the final bracket of the DVD, which is indeed classic matches. Yes! So Joey introduces us to the three-way dance, which is a triple threat match with eliminations. Yes! So this three-way dance is between Super Crazy, Yoshihiro Tajiri, and the whole, the new FN show, Jerry Lynn. And it's in November to remember, in November, the 7th of November, 1999. Um, 
So Tajiri is accompanied to the ring by the king of old school, Steve Carino, who looks like a baby boy at this point. Like He is so young and cute and full of life, it's so nice to see. Um, so the match starts and these are some beautiful exchanges between the three men as it starts. Tajiri then manages to get tarantulas on each man. There's moonsaults to the outside and then of course super crazy by name, super crazy by nature. He climbs to the entrance balcony and does a moonsault off that. Amazing. Um, back into the ring, big cradle pal driver by Lynn on Super Crazy, but Tajiri runs in, interrupts the pin, he wants the pin for himself, brain butts on Super Crazy for the three, six minutes and 44 seconds. So then it's between Jerry Lynn and Tajiri. There's some beautiful reversal exchanges between the two men. Both men hit different style backbreakers, just so nice to see. A buzzsaw kick and a German suplex by Tajiri gets a very close to almost a three, but not enough. Jerry Lynn gets back up and goes for the cradle power driver. He can't manage to get it. A kick by Tajiri and Jerry Lynn asks for more. So Tajiri goes for another kick, but Jerry Lynn was ready. He catches it. A big clothesline and a cradle power driver for the win at 10 minutes and 59 seconds. Steve Carino, baby boy, comes in to hurt Jerry, but he gets a cradle power driver for his insolence. Um, first of all, for full disclosure, I'm a massive fan of three-way dances. I wish they did more of them in other companies. I love uh, eliminations, three-ways. I think it's a great way of doing three-ways um, because instead of having um, desperation, it is really three men uh, giving their all and there's not the, the pin interruptions all the time, which can sometimes be a bit jarring for some people. For me, it is. Um, so it creates a very different feeling when it's an elimination match where everyone is is, is trying their hardness. Everyone is, is really putting out the most and being dangerous. Secondly, it, it, it can be put away. The crowd is so into this match. It, from the beginning to the end, it is like they are getting louder and louder and louder and more excited, and there was never a moment of down. Uh, it's a great example of a triple threat really working. Like I said, there's no down moments. There's not also uh, that thing in triple threats you can sometimes have where one guy is away for a long time, so it feels like a revolving singles match. This is very much when the three guys are in it up for six minutes. They're in it all together. Uh, this, is, this is a great match, short and sweet. And sometimes that's just what you need. I loved it. Really, really great match. So we're back with the voice of ECW, Joey Styles, explaining how prestigious both Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko were around the world, famous for wrestling in Japan and Mexico, all around the world, but they didn't wrestle that much in the United States of America. Um, so that's when Paul Heyman obviously decided, got eyes on the guys and decided to bring them in to ECW, and they had many battles over the television title, but this match in particular is the final appearance for both men in ECW before they go to WCW. So it's not a television title match, it is a two out of three falls match, uh, and it is Dean Malenko v Eddie Guerrero. Some people, before you even go into this match, some people say this is one of the best matches in the whole of ECW. Um, I can't say, I can't say that because I haven't seen all the history of ECW. However, what I can say is, if you haven't seen this match, again, like I said with um, Tanaka and Awesome, this is a match that I don't really want to talk too much about what happens in the match because I think, even if you've seen it before or you've never seen it, it is a match that you will have a lot 
of uh, entertainment and a lot of fun going to watch because this is two of the best wrestlers maybe of all time but best best wrestlers at the time definitely at the peak of their game and my god is it a joy to to watch they, they shake hands to start off and that's when you know you're in for a ride the please don't go chance start straight away and there's just an emotional feeling in the arena which really helps with the match which really helps uh, with the whole vibe um it's a slow start but that does not mean it's a bad start there's reps holding submissions and pins quick pins these guys just know each other inside out and their transitions the submissions they do to each other all of it is just so technical and so great to watch there's a shout i do a shout out to a springboard that eddie does into a chokehold role i'd never seen that before and it gets a standing ovation of course it does because it is amazing to watch they battle for a backslide uh, eddie rolls malenko over for a quick schoolboy for a first count at 10 minutes and 30 seconds um malenko obviously now on the defensive because he's one fall down um he kicks it into second gear, hits an Alabama slam and a Texas cloverleaf straight away and Eddie taps quickly, probably because he doesn't want to take too much damage and try and survive for the next fall. So that's one each at 13.32. Um, Eddie rolls to the outside and takes his time, which I really love taking his time to, to regroup because it's one fall each and uh, so one fall left to, to go. Uh, and they get back in the ring and the strong strikes. Uh, Eddie goes to the top rope and hits a swinging DDT on Malenko for a two. It's a brain buster and a frog splash by Eddie and it only gets a two. Um, Malenko's famous press slam into a gut buster is there and the finish comes when uh, German suplex by Dean Malenko gets instead goes for a roll up and Eddie and Dean both have their elbows, their shoulders down, sorry. One, two, three, it's a draw at 20 minutes and 10 seconds. Like I say, I, I went very quickly over this match. I didn't want to reveal too much because I think this is a match that you should just go and watch. Uh, Eddie is one of my absolute favourite wrestlers of all time. I love Eddie because I think he is amazing at everything. There is nothing uh, wrestling-wise that Eddie cannot do. And Dean Malenko technically is one of the best of all time. I would say that. I hope I don't get any hate for it because I really do think he is technically outstanding to watch. The pacing of this match is phenomenal. Uh, the the crowd are beautifully respectful to both men, and that just builds the pacing. This is an amazing display of athleticism, and I just loved every single minute. This is an absolute classic of a match. Like I say, I'm not saying too much because I just uh, love this match, and my heart was swelling with, with joy to watch these two wrestle. So then Eddie thanks the fans on the mics, and thanks Dean and then Malenko grabs the mic, and this is unusual for the Iceman, he's known for being the Iceman, not talking a lot, and he explains how he came to ECW and was a bit worried about his style, yes, the style of the other matches, and worries that the fans might not give him uh, any respect, but not only did they give him the respect and admiration to him, but to the style he represents. He admits that he is now an ECW fan, and not only that, but he is a fan of every single person in the crowd, and that he will never forget ECW. I'm, this is not a joke, I wrote down I choked up and even talking about it now, again, it is such an emotional, beautiful moment to see these two guys getting the respect and love that they deserve for being two of the best wrestlers out there. Eddie grabs the mic, he says he, Dean is one of the best he's ever wrestled, the roster comes out, both men hug, uh, and then they get put on the shoulders of the rosters. Like I say, if you're re-watching it, guys, have a box of tissues there if you're sentimental, because this is a really beautiful, beautiful moment and a great great match uh, 
amazing. We're back for the one last introduction by Joey Styles talking about the Lucha Libre style that was famous at this point in the 90s but was also very hard to find uh, for fans out there because unless you were into the tape trading and were managed to get your hands on the, the Mexican tapes it would be very hard to see the Lucha Libre wrestlers in action so that's why again Paulie with his genius, decided to bring some of the luchadors to ECW for them to get the, 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 the attention they deserved. So, two of the best luchadors out there is Psychosis v Rey Mysterio. And it happened on the 16th of August 1995. So, this is a debut for both men. Like I say, this is the introduction of the luchador style and yeah, it's Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis. So, Every wrestling fan should know these guys' names because they are absolute cornerstones of the Lucha Libre style. Um, so springboards that miss and then they go into the Lucha arm drags. Uh, Psychosis has a size advantage and you can clearly tell as he is way more into the kind of strong style moves with power bombs uh, and tiger bombs and big chops. Rafe is getting beaten down but finally gets a little bit of an edge when he dodges a dropkick in the corner and gets a springboard Hurricane Rana. The speed of Rey Mysterio in this match is just stunning to watch. There's a moment where he does a cartwheel into a head scissors and it just happens like that. You you would blink and you would miss it. Uh, his his knees are in a very good state at this point and that and I mean I'm joking about that but Rey Mysterio has always been a stunning athlete to watch and him right at his young age held nothing back. Um, they go to the outside and um, Psychosis goes for a suicide dive onto Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio has got a chair from the ring and BAM! A chair shot right into Psychosis's head. Welcome to Philadelphia, Rey Mysterio. Yes, they have chairs. So then, big brawl on the outside. There's again a springboard plancha by Rey on the outside. He gets a massive height on that. Um, they go back into the ring. Psychosis on the top rope looking for something, but Rey manages to catch him with a top rope Hurricane Rana for a quick three in 10 minutes and 18 seconds. Very fun match. Really good introduction to Luchador style, but they're also, you can tell, they're kind of adapting. Uh, their style they're kind of getting now influenced by the ECW uh, style of more extreme and that was really interesting to see how the two athletes decided um, to get more physical maybe than they would in a, a Mexican uh, match and that was really cool to see it's like always having the strength advantage like I say is really cool compared to Ray who at this age is like a superhero speed wise the one criticism, which is nothing to do with the match, this is to do with the position of the DVD, is after such an epiphany of emotions that I had uh, from the previous Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko match, I found it very hard to kind of ease into just a, a fun, quick match. There is nothing wrong with fun, quick matches, like I said. It was just the positioning of the DVD that made it a bit weird to end on that kind of quick, uh, entertaining match. But very fun, uh, really good introduction to these two guys. Uh, really happy to see it. So then Joey, Joey Styles wraps up this DVD by saying that there is more matches to come and shows us a quick highlight package of some extreme moments that we might be seeing in the next DVD, uh, which would which is of course Deep Impact if people know, are following the DVD releases. 
So my overall thoughts for the DVD, this was a great DVD to watch. Um, if you'd been following my reviews for the first one, this had a lot better pacing than the first DVD in the sense that there was a great mix of uh, longer matches, starting with a 40 minute match and then going into a 15 minute match and then some short matches, like I say, in between, mixing with the long style. I thought it was really made it real lot easier to watch and again, like I'd said about Extreme Evolution, but this DVD, I feel, enhances it even more. This is a real mix of what ECW is about. There's, you've got the hardcore matches. You've got the Stairway to Heaven match. You've got three-way dances, which was an absolute cornerstone of ECW as well. You've got the Luchador matches. And again, what a roster. You've just got people like Bam Bam Bigelow popping out in nowhere. Like I said, Dean Malenko, Psychosis. It's just an incredible roster, and you can tell the complete eclecticness of that is ECW that means that every every fan of wrestling I think would find something they love in ECW and in this DVD so again if you've not checked out ECW I would say so far I've only seen these two DVDs but out of the two this is the one I would prefer I say it's got a better introduction to all the different styles and I think you'll find everything you need uh, or want from a good uh, wrestling DVD uh, Highlights, any highlights to mention? Not really, in the sense, like I say, if you can get your hands on every single one of these matches and watch them in order, I think it's a really good one. Maybe swap out, uh, maybe end with the Dean Eddie, like I said. Um, but my particular mentions would be if you could only watch a few the Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko match and the Four Corners match at the start um, for a real epic match. Uh, I think those two matches really stand out on this DVD. There is nothing bad on this DVD, like, uh, so, which is really great to say, just very ECW, like I say, the Taipei Deathmatch is not my thing, but it is very much a staple of ECW, so it's not for me, but it wasn't bad, I didn't, I didn't hate it, so yeah, that's us for Path of Destruction, I hope you enjoyed the DVD review, like I say, by all means try and find the matches, hit me up with your thoughts on Twitter, at Dougbag, that's with two G's at the end, uh, or hit up the indie, uh, at the Indie Corner on Twitter, or on the website, you can find our feed at SoundCloud, and uh, yeah, keep up every week, I'll be back next week, like I say, for the DVD review of Deep Impact, but also, keep an eye on your feed, because I'm preparing another, a different type of um, show, that will be coming out soon, hopefully on Friday, um, so yeah, keep an eye on your feed, because that should be out quite soon, and I'm really excited to get talking about that new uh, type of episode, which is something a little bit different, uh, more in the British style, let us just say that. So yeah, I've been Dougbag here at the Indie Corner, thanks for joining me again for an ECW dive, thanks for joining me for Extreme Revisited, hopefully see you next week, keep up the good fun, keep diving into wrestling, and enjoy the ride, stay extreme. <laughs>